this week on the Titans. We are mixing it up just a little bit. Uh, we had our first guest, and uh, we made him talk so long that it actually ended up being enough for two episodes. So this first mini-episode is basically uh, a normal mini-episode with a guest. And in two weeks, we'll release the interview with Troy Humphreys about DDC. And um, enjoy! Hello and welcome to the tie-ins. I'm Johnny. I'm Cartel. I'm Mike. And we have a very special guest with us today, a friend of ours. I was speaking to him just the other day. I was trying to sound smart. Uh, I brought up path tracing that I just watched a video on, not even knowing that it was a lighting effect. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and he informed me that the next new lighting step was probably going to be AI. And that gave me the idea to do his intro with AI. So I got ChatGPT, and this is ChatGPT's uh, introduction to our guest, Troy Humphreys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast that's so funny it'll make your ears bleed with joy. Today we have a very special guest who's no stranger to the world of gaming. He's the man who put the geek in game developer, the master of all things digital, <laughs> and the inventor of the rage quit. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> Button, <laughs> we think. That's right, folks. It's Troy Humphreys. He's the brains behind some of the most mind-bogglingly awesome games of all time, including Alien Invasion The Dance-Off and Unicorn Racing Championship 3000. But don't let his intimidating resume scare you because he's also one of the funniest and most down-to-earth guys in the biz. So sit back, relax, and get ready to press play on an hour of pure gaming goodness with the one and only Troy Humphreys. Hey, Troy. None of that's true about you. None of well, that's I mean... true. <laughs> it's very nice, but yeah, none of that's true. The, the unicorn game is true. <laughs> no, it is not. I would totally play Alien Invasion: The Dance Off, just so you know. That's pretty rad that it came up with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. It's the um, geek and game developer. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if I, we have other friends that probably do that better than me, but. Uh, I, I'm a close, close uh, runner-up. Inventor of the rage quit button. Yeah, I, I think that's right up sure, your alley. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did a little bit of studying up on you, Troy, today. Oh yeah, did um, you? <laughs> on your LinkedIn profile. Oh man, you have 669 followers. Nice. Nice. <laughs> that really means they're 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 all recruiters, I'm sure. <laughs> uh but yeah, uh why don't you uh give us a little bit of your background, your education experience and whatnot and let everybody know what the yeah. fuck you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like you said, I'm I'm a game developer. Uh I work for uh a studio called Lightspeed LA. Um it's a one of it's a brand new studio. It's um, one of Tencent's first uh, studios out in uh, in, the, in the U.S. Uh, I'm a principal gameplay uh, programmer over there, uh, but my focus is on the game AI uh, for the project. Uh, I've been doing video games since '05, so I've been around for for a bit now. Um, they'd call me. Uh, I think I'd be, I'd be qualified as a vet in the industry, but really. Um, anybody over probably about six years is considered a vet, so I'm, so I'm a very old vet. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, my educational background is I have an AS in game development and des uh, design from Full Sail. Uh, I got that with Mike. Uh, that's where I met him and Cartel. And what else? I think that's kind of 
it from my background. I've been work. I worked. I've worked for Activision for seven years, working on games like um, The Born Conspiracy, uh, Transformers: Fall of Cybertron, and War for Cybertron. Then I worked at tie-ins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poss- <laughs> definitely, definitely possible tie-ins. Um, let's see. Then I went over to worked at a studio called Turtle Rock Studios, where I uh, worked on uh, Evolve. And then recently worked on um, Back for Blood. And currently at Lightspeed, we're working on a new unannounced project. Um, and yeah, it's going really good. So awesome. that's that's me. Well, how have you been? I haven't ah. talked to you in a couple of days. Good. <laughs> uh, I heard you were sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the, the, the GDC flu, uh, which is tradition. Uh, I got... I think I got two different – I got sick. I got like a throat thing, and then I got COVID as well. So it's my first time getting oh. COVID. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. Uh, got my whole house sick. So my brother and wife are really stoked about that. Um, and, yeah, man, it's been about two weeks of dealing with this. So, uh, But I'm feeling better. I should be back at work uh, this week and excited to get back. Well, we appreciate you doing this with us even though you've been basically dying for a week now. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, man. Cartel, Mike, how are you guys doing? I haven't talked to either of you in like a week. I've just been busy rock and rolling, uh, you know, rock and rolling them shows. So, yeah. Living that band life. <laughs> Pretty much. Just, yeah. I have just been uh, working, and now with the nicer weather, just getting out and um, doing yard work. So, nothing exciting at all. Just the normal homeowner crap. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Has anybody uh, played any new games? Watched any new uh, television movies? I think I already mentioned Grand Crew, right? <laughs> Which one? But yeah, I don't think Grand Crew. I already mentioned, but I don't think uh, I've seen anything else new lately. How about you, Troy? I've been playing uh, Everspace Two. Uh, just came out of um, uh, early access. Uh, I think uh, two days ago, and so I've been playing I'm a bunch of that. that today. Yeah, man, super fun. If you like arcadey, you know, uh, space combat. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really, really polished and, and well done and, uh, yeah, been, been super stoked. Um, it's been a little bit annoying cause I've played the beginning three times now. Uh, so I'm just, I just <laughs> got through the beginning for the third time. And so now I can finally start seeing like new stuff in the game and, and stuff. So, so pretty cool. Pretty stoked. Michael, how about you? Uh, I finally beat the main storyline of Tiny Tina and we, I think we were just talking about games where you beat the game and then there's like still more to do or you have to play it over again. Um, New game so, plus. Yeah, so this, it's not quite like that. Or but end it, game. It adds, yeah, it adds some sort of end game component, but I haven't quite figured out yet. There's just like these almost like instances that you can just start up and then you just go in there and um, you can choose the difficulty. Uh, and the higher the difficulty, the better the loot drop. But I don't know if that's the only end game. Like, am I just going to do this? O- like, over and over again just to get better loot, but there's no more story. And if so, not much of an end game. So, so I don't like know yet. Or... Yeah, basically. So I don't know. It, it might be fun with other people, but probably not solo. But we'll see. I don't know. Right when I beat the main storyline, I did it once and then shut it off for the night. So we'll have to see if it has any more depth than that. Mm. But it, I mean, it must because, like, the stats that you can do are like up to 20. And I only have, like, it's, it has this weird stat thing where you have to, like, rotate around through all the different stat trees. Every single time you level up, you can only put them in one of the trees. And I'm only, like, at 4 out of 20 in each of the trees. Oh, so wow. So there's 
there's got to be more in game than this that I just don't know about. So we'll see. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, there's got to be. I haven't played that one yet. I keep telling myself it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna play, but uh, yeah, my my buddies Dave and Corey actually are lead level guys, level designers on that, and uh, I feel bad I haven't played it yet. So I gotta get in there. <laughs> um, but I heard it's really cool. Uh, I got to talk to them recently, and 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 uh, sounds super fun. So uh, I definitely want to try it. That's how I feel about uh, basically every single one of our Canadian friends' games. I have not played any of them except for overwatch right uh i actually got into the spellcraft play test which i just recently found out was an open play test so they invited me to something i could have just fucking joined <laughs> um but uh what is that game put it's being put together by like some wow and diablo x diablo guys uh it is hard to describe uh it is you know what hero clicks are uh is that the Little old wow. miniatures game yeah, like yeah, little yeah, yeah. figurines. Yeah, and there's like the little... I would describe figures. it as hero clicks, but you're playing with three of them at a time, and it's real-time, no turn-based. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, and it's 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 a three-on-three kind of battle. Uh, rounds are quick. The art is... I love the art. It's like, it's cartoony, but it is little figurines on a little board, and it makes the little board noises when they click and everything. That's pretty cool. I've been enjoying that. It's a little hectic once you start because, like I said, you're playing three characters at once, and right. it's not turn-based. So yeah, I've been enjoying that. And then uh, I really loved, and I was late because I didn't think that it, I didn't realize it was a game. But uh, Sega on April Fool's Day dropped the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. I heard about that, and it's a it's, it's a nice little uh, detective point and click. Uh, you can't really lose, right? Like, the, if you hit something wrong, they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Why don't you try something else? Uh, but <laughs> but when you uh, are trying to figure something out, it has a little run-in, uh, you know, collect rings, Sonic the Hedgehog game. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Huh. Nice. Is, would it be would it be kind of like a Telltale-style game? Like like that? Like, where it's... Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's like that. But it, it, it's just it's just still pictures. It's like, you know, old school. Point okay, play. cool. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. It's only like two hours to beat. Cool nice. little Sonic story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to check that out. I, I I heard the name of it, but I didn't know Sega did it. I thought maybe it was like a um uh like fan project or something. Yeah, I thought it was like a just a a post or like a a short story that you know they dropped on April Fools. That's it's, a, it's a nice little game. Nice. All right. Well, uh, why don't we get into this week's get into know your host question? And guest. <laughs> Mike, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, this week's question was, uh, obviously, Troy, every question that we ask you mm. is going to be not including what you're working on right now. Okay. So that you don't have to say, what I'm working on now is my best, you know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> but what would be your dream gaming project? Oh, uh, Troy, boy. we'll start with you. Oh my gosh. That's such a <laughs> that's such a fun question. Um I don't know, man. I I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Um my dream project um would be a 
it's it's uh, a little bit how the game is made and like uh, th there's there's lots of different ways to make a video game and and I, most of the ones that I've been experienced I've I've have been super thrilled about there's always these these nasty kind of issues that come up so um, basically what I would want to make is um, something kind of close to a uh, souls like um, but the souls combat uh, but more of a roguelike. Um, so I really like that, um, kind of combat. I think it's super fun. Um, mm. and then, but I would want it to be set in like a space opera type of situation. Um, and, uh, I'd also like the space combat kind of like, uh, ever, uh, ever space two, uh, which I really enjoy. So some kind of mix of that, like, to be honest, I just want to be like Han Solo or someone like, uh, getting into trouble. Uh, in the universe and have great combat and be able to play with my friends. So, so you um, want a roguelike Souls-like to the tune of Coheed and Cambria? Just maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. Follow, that's, that's follow what... that space opera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. I think like so. So when you think of like um, you know, uh, really, I want to be in a position to have um, lots of different um subgroups of, of developers um, working on the project to tell their own stories in the same kind of universe, right? So you look uh -huh. at like uh, things like Marvel and Star Wars, right? Like if, if Star Wars, the IP was open to anybody to like do stories, there's there's tons of, you know, different things that you can make um, in that universe, right? Um, and I think that like if you can lay out a good kind of IP and world um, and let other people play in it, um, uh, I think you can you can come up with some really really fun experiences for people. So um, I don't think a lot of games really figure out um, how to make content at a good pace um, and uh, that that's like kind of affordable. And I'd like to solve that problem. Um, I always hate like getting into games where you're uh, like like in in Destiny, which is like an amazing game, um, but you know you you end up running through the same open areas and the same strikes over and over and over again. And I and I get really bored of doing that, even though I really enjoy the combat and the mm. um, setting and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I really would rather people solve the content creation issue and build more content that I could just, you know, burn through. Um, if you look yeah, at like, when they go, yeah, when they go the other way, they do it um, like randomly generated content or with some certain set of rules, like with uh, mm -hmm. No Man's Sky or Minecraft or some, or even Diablo to some extent with their dungeons where they get around the content creation problem by using an RNG, but then the quality of it just suffers so much. Or you end up with No Man's Sky where everything is just desolate and boring. Yeah, so it's so, so the uh, PCG is like in, incredibly difficult. Um, I think there's a lot of studios that do actually pretty well. Um, uh, Path of Exile uh, does some really great stuff with how they build their maps. Um, and I, like, it doesn't need to be so so different that it's a, a complete unique experience every time um but I, I do want it to be different you know like i don't want to know every corner and every turn and, and all that kind of stuff so path of exile is a good example um i think warframe does some pretty interesting stuff with their tiles i i, I think there's there's more room to go uh with their their uh levels or their procedural level uh, generation stuff uh, remnant uh from the ashes is also another procedurally generated um, which, you know, you, you start to, to recognize the tiles uh, being reused. But, you know, if you just if you solve the tile creation process, 
um, and do a little bit of the design direction that like Path of Exile uh, does with their maps, I think you can really start getting into a really fun space um, where you're putting out content very fast and designers can, you know, mess with that procedural generation in order to tell particular stories, right? Um, and so, yeah, that that's the real trick with the, with the PCG, right? Is is all of a sudden you're you're making more content for sure, um, but you got to be worried about the you know like I got a universe filled with nothing uh, problem yeah, that yeah. you know No Man's No Man's Sky started out with um, for sure. Yeah. I, they've they've really improved that game, uh, so like I I really need to jump back into it and see see what else they've made. But so in your idea with other. Uh you think in dev studios or like mod teams or actual individual players making content? So, so in my, uh, scenario, like that the studio would be set up, um, to, uh, you kind of have like two flavors of, of teams in the studio. You have your, your, what I, what I would call like pipeline teams and, and core team. And so these people are, are really about, you know, building content fast, but not necessarily content that, that, um, like like it's a whole level or a whole quest or something like that. It's more like you you have like your your character team right, which is doing everything from just just pumping out character after character after character that fits in your IP. So you imagine if we're using Star Wars as an example, right? You just have your character team pumping out different type of alien species and characters and stuff like that, even if they don't know what quests and storylines and stuff that those characters would be in, you just keep them pumping out those character models, right? Same thing for animation, for um, the environments, props, all that kind of stuff, sounds, music, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you just have these teams making this stuff. And they're essentially making, you can think like the, the toys in the toy box, right? So when your quest teams jump on that would be like the other teams that are doing quests and stories and stuff like that they're looking at this big collection of assets that they could use in order to make the different stories that they want to make without right. without a lot of change right so if you set up the studio that way where you're just constantly churning out content and then you have other parts of the studio um, use that content to create stories and stuff um, i think that would be kind of like the sweet spot path of exile actually does a very similar approach um they have teams like that, and then they have their, um, I think they call them, their, their um, uh, battle pass, or, but I think they call them, what is it, like, whatever their, their battle pass uh, thing is. Um, they have a team that basically goes, oh, we got to do another battle pass, what do we got? And they just use that, add a little bit of extra on top, and then they pump out that, that new battle pass, or season pass, sorry. Season, that's what they do. Yeah, 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 they do seasons. They just hit their highest player numbers, too, after the Diablo beta went offline. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're monsters. They're, they, they really got to figure it figured out. Um, and, uh, um, super smart procedural generation techniques, um, really smart with how they build content. Um, everybody should be looking at what they're doing, um, in order to, to make games faster. Um, cause I, cause I think they really, and, and they're doing it from the top down isometric approach, right? I, I just think it's, we're waiting for, more um, kind of shooters and third-person games to, to do this, right? Like Warframe and, and, and Remnant are, are close, right? Um, to, to the to, with the procedural generation, um, I don't think they're quite taking it to, to the place that the POE guys do, um, but it's definitely there. So, because and, and what's really important, why why I like this idea is that I've met so many developers that could be 
game directors in their own right, but there is just isn't that many jobs to do that, right? And yeah, yeah. you really want to see these people cut their teeth on, you know, taking a team of like five to ten people and doing their own arc in a story, right? Um, and and just building their own characters, you know, like taking from the pool of characters, doing a little bit of modifications, you know, like I mean, if you think of like Boba Fett, right? Like, you know, like that guy was just a, a dude in cool armor and they built a whole species of, of people, the Mandalorians based off that thing, right? Like it, like yep. that kind of stuff can find, you know, you can, you can imagine one of these directed teams, right? Looking in and go, oh, this armor, this, this alien's super cool looking. Uh, I could totally make this into a fun character and, and kind of fill out what, what that species is and, and all that kind of stuff with the story um, and just let them play. And I think, you know, if you're we're in that spot where um, people either churning out content because they just really like making characters um, or, or animations or environments and stuff, and then you have your quest teams that really enjoy kind of putting that that stuff together um, and, and making something fun out of it, um, boy, that, that just would be such a fun project to work on. I, I got a question about those uh, levels. Uh, like, So like a game like uh, Dead Cells where it's like 2D, yeah. not necessarily 3D, but the it's still like... Uh... New new no, new map every time, right? Like yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's procedure generated. Um, I don't know what I, I haven't read about that algorithm, like exactly what they're doing. Um, I don't know if they have like chunks that they're stitching together or what. Um, but yeah, from what I understand, you can go through the map. It's been a while since I played that cells, but there it's they just dropped a Castlevania uh, update. So I, <laughs> yeah, I picked it up on my Switch. Right? So. Yeah, yeah. People, so. I mean, the game is really good like it's 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 oh i've been having a great time yeah. with it yeah yeah they do an amazing job with that game for sure and there's a lot of yeah cool i was crossovers. just curious if that uh i'm sure it's, so then it is different than from like a 2d and 3d then right so i mean the, the general concepts of, of how they they put that stuff together if it's a tile-based kind of approach are, are similar but there's there's different constraints right because of like that that's a vertical side scroller uh, versus where like Path of Exile is like a type down isometric, which is basically like a tap down 2D. Um, there, there aren't, it's a 3D game, but because of the camera, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's basically 2D, right? Um, but then you look at, you know, uh, Warframe or uh, Remnant, um, they're like kind of big level up, chunks, yeah. right? That they're stitching yeah. together. Um, and so, or like No Man's Sky is completely procedural. Like everything is, is procedurally yes. created. So, they're not like pre the, the trouble with no man's sky is right. It's like, you don't have a, like a designer necessarily involved in sculpting, you know, a, a planet where, and there's not a giant map. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get it. Yeah. Uh, where like remnant, um, you'll have them, you know, there's, there's a level designer putting a tile together, right? Yeah, At least. Pre-made map, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they could play that tile by itself and, and, you know, kind of go through and say, Hey, this is fun. Is this, is this, does this uh, play well and, and all that kind of stuff. So, well, when you're doing your uh, your algorithm for your procedurally generated, I was just watching a video uh, earlier today on Meet Your Maker. Have, have you guys mm-hmm. seen that? Yeah, yeah. Um, when you it's you know first person shooter, but you're building labyrinths for other people to attack and whatnot. Yeah. But when you're building your labyrinth, they have a little robot that has to be able to walk through from start <laughs> to finish. Right. Or you can't. Or you can't publish your map. When you're building your ag- algorithm, is it's obviously would be faster than watching an actual robot walk your path. But uh, yeah. is it like the same thing going on with the procedurally generated, like um, no to keep, to keep you from hitting dead ends and whatnot? Or I mean, so uh, 
No. So, so the reason why they do that is because they have no idea how people are going to build their their spaces, right? Because it's kind of mm -hmm. like a, a voxelized tool set. Um, and so they want to make sure that uh, there's there's a physical path, right? You know, you could you could put like your vault or whatever and just build walls all the way around it. And if the walls are indestructible, then <laughs> like they're they're building maps that 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 can't be played, right? They can't be yeah. won. So um, there are you know things that people do, and, and there's so many different ways of doing procedural uh, generation. Um, but a lot of them, but like let's say there's 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 like um, I think the Path of Exile guys. Um, they have slightly different uh, procedural generation schemes for um, kind of like the overworld versus dungeon. Um, and like the dungeon stuff, I think they can say like, okay, I got a starting room, I got a boss room, just procedurally um, connect those with other rooms. Um, and they can control how many kind of branching points come off that main golden path is typically what we call from the start to end is whatever that path is, is typically called the golden path. Um, where we expect the player to kind of move through and every branch off that or, you know, or potential like, um, you know, interesting things down a, down a path like a chest or, or maybe like a mini boss or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so they can have algorithms that like kind of guarantee that there will be a solution. Um, then there's there's other algorithms kind of like uh, that are, uh, as an example, like waveform collapse, which that thing basically flood fills all the possible possibilities of, of tiles in the space and makes sure that um, they all connect correctly. Um, and then you, you'd have to do some some kind of pathfinding like like they're doing with that little bot to see if it could kind of move through the space to make sure it's a good map. So, yeah, like sometimes you have to do that. Maybe not like a robot, like a bot that you're watching in game. For sure, yeah, yeah. like that's not <laughs> that's not typically yeah, yeah. what you need I, to do. Oh, I assume that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you'll have to, depending on the procedural generation algorithm, you'll have to make sure that you can get from start to end. Do you remember we did that in our uh, first C plus plus class? We procedurally generated a maze with Arthur, and then yeah. the next lab we had to make the constraint that it was actually solvable. But I, did we? Did we didn't know how to do pathfinding or anything yet? Like, how did we do that? I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, I think this was 20 I, years ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I think the constraint was as simple as um, had to connect with the block behind you or something like that. Hmm. I can't remember exactly oh, oh. what it was, but you're Maybe, right. Maybe like we you didn't just know... breadcrumb through it. Yeah, we didn't know any search yeah. algorithms and stuff. But we didn't know A-star at the time. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, I mean, we just learned C++, so yeah, we didn't, we didn't know shit. <laughs> we thought we knew everything. I remember finishing that class and go, I know how to, I could do anything. And then you, you quickly realize, oh no, I still have lots, lots to learn. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, procedural generation. I just think there's so much space to play um, with kind of design directed procedural generation. Um, and uh, we're just missing out. We're missing out on it. There's, there's all these games we could be playing and, and not a lot of people want to want to try to make them. So it's a real, real bummer. I want to do that. Someone give me some money. <laughs> I think everybody's answer is going to end with somebody give us some money yeah. so we can uh, make our dream game. Uh, Cartel, what would be your dream? Uh, so Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Castlevania, yeah, no. but you're playing basketball. Uh, no, um, I would love to get the light, light guns working again somehow. Uh, right on some perifs. 
Yeah, like, I mean, because uh, uh, House of the Dead and uh, Rambo and, like, even, like, you know, even going back to, like, Duck Hunt and Safari Hunt on the Genesis, or, I mean, the Sega Master System. But uh, something like that, or uh, if that's not going to happen because, you know, we don't have the technology yet, uh, the then, like, a shoot 'em up Like, I've always been, I always thought, like, shoot 'em ups are, seem like a real easy project to do. It's just uh, just a lot of math, right? Like a, like a running gun side scroller shoot em like up, an Ica, like, a, like yeah like an ikaruga or mm-hmm. a uh Ooh, that's know, a good game uh, it is a good game so yeah you know something like that because you could even you know if you get it super easy you know like a, like a, even like a runner you can make it even a mobile so then you uh you get that mobile money right mm. but yeah uh i don't know how to do any of that so uh <laughs> what up guys that's, that's why it's dream right yeah <laughs> yeah that, yeah that's that's why it's uh it's me going uh there's the idea guys what do we got to do well the, there's there's the new craze which is the uh you know like ikaruga i think would be known as like a bullet hell and yeah, now yeah. there's what it is it what are they calling it like a bullet heaven um which is the um the like vampire survivors and and those types uh, of games there's, there's, oh, there's, okay. been, there's been a resurgence yeah. which is like so it's like a roguelite yes. bullet heaven where you know the the abilities just trigger for you and all you're doing is trying to avoid um you know the incoming characters and try to create a build where you're just like an unstoppable monster um and uh, they're super I fun. actually that reminded me i beat uh when i was a kid is it 1942 like oh, I know what you're talking about, the airplane one. Oh, uh, I beat yeah, that, yeah. I beat that in uh, the arcade hooked to my grandparents' pizza place. Uh, I only did the controller, and a dude that worked at the pizza place jammed on the button. button. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we beat it one quarter. That's nice. <laughs> that was one of my favorite Nintendo wow. games. It, it was 1942. Mm. Good game. Mackle, your dream project? It's kind of nebulous, but it's... So it's a little bit like Planet Side 2. Or you could consider it like uh, StarCraft if it was first person and there's resources and stuff like that. But I want like massive battle between two sides. Although it doesn't have to be too massive. I guess like 20v20 is okay too. Or even 10v10. But um, I like uh, Capture the Flag quite a bit. Although it wouldn't have to be. You could do have like Capture and Hold or Objectives or something like that. But I do want it to be like eSport-like. So there's there's definitely two teams, there's definitely an objective, and there's definitely a win condition. Um, and I just really like in like Battlefield 1942 and um, in Tribes before they before it went competitive and everyone just got rid of vehicles. Um, the things you could do with vehicles were just ridiculous. And same with Battlefield 1942, like you could have you could jump in like a single person plane like the corsair or something like that and then like one person could stand on the wing and you could just take off and like there was all sorts of game breaking things in both of those games that were just like emergent play just because of how the physics worked in them and i think that i want to like lean into that and so um with the starcraft analogy like you'd be able to go out on the map and like find some resources and stuff like that and you're battling over the resources to upgrade your base or something like that and then you could get like battle cruisers or something like that somebody on your team can actually get in that battle cruiser somebody's going to pilot it and somebody's going to be terrible at piloting it somebody's going to man the guns and then if you have like just cause three grapple hooks the other team's going to see you have battle cruisers or something like that and jetpack up to them like 
grapple hook your battle cruiser to something else that makes it fly into the ground like just all sorts of emergent gameplay like that based on the the weapons and the things that you can upgrade into or the classes that you uh you spawn with or something like that and i think it's gonna be cool because in like league of legends or something like that you can change your your loadout like your build based on like how your team is doing or how the other team's doing um or like an overwatch you can change your class like mid game based on like who their heroes are uh and it kind of be the same thing like if you know they're going heavy air then you can go like you can switch your builds and go anti-air or something like that so that's that's the the gist of it is just some sort of fps esport that actually has resources <laughs> where you can you can upgrade your base upgrade in upgrade into vehicles or things like that it's it's kind of like uh, I mean it reminds me of of like Planet Side with their construction system um, or the old games where I guess they, they those actually now that I'm thinking about it they didn't have vehicles but yeah those games are like it's I always find like like all of those things you said were things that I'm like yeah I want to I want to do that stuff but then you with with the resource gathering you always have these like difficult problems where it's like who's gonna who's gonna shovel the resource into the thing so we can buy the cruiser this guy. and then this guy right here uh, well so uh, i was thinking yeah. about that <laughs> but i so, was thinking so. that the um the resource gatherers could actually be uh non-players just like they were in um starcraft like in starcraft uh, yeah mm-hmm. so like you You're may have them. You could you could perhaps upgrade how many resource gatherers you had, but you're actually just protecting them. You're not going to be a resource gatherer. So there's like a uh, control panel you run up to, and it opens up the map, and you tell your resource gatherers where to go, mm-hmm. and what to get. Yeah, or the other or, team could also destroy your resource gatherers, so then you'd have to get more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I for sure. Yeah, yeah. See it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how would you handle? Um, like like what what's the team size that you're you're kind of thinking? I'm not sure. Like I because you got to be realistic and like how many how fast the matches can go and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would I would want them to be. I think that the map size could determine how much how big they were because like you think of like StarCraft and some of them were two v two maps and some of them were four v four maps. So right. um, you could do things like that. Um, I I think ten v ten was a ton of fun in Tribes. But so, that's too much in Quake. Like in Quake, four v four was perfect. How, right. how big of the vehicles are we talking? Because like I don't want them to be too big. They got to be ridiculously like f- like emergent gameplay has to so, appear. So it's going to be like so you could have like like a, like a tank and then like like a bunch of like speeder bikes and two persons. Like, yeah, like four person bikes. max. On, you're, on you're, like things. like Halo size vehicles. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Halo. Yeah. Battlefront. Uh, yeah. So they wouldn't really be battle cruisers. They'd be like the wraiths. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's the the difficulty. I think like especially if you want it to be an esport, uh, is the number of players, right? Because like mm-hmm. you look at at something like Planetside that that's has five hundred people a surfer or something like that, um, yeah. and you know a lot of the players that play that game want it to be a competitive you know uh, shooter, and and all I can think of is like you can't match make. There's no matchmaking going on there, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like the, the, to make things really competitive, um, you need some kind of matchmaking to, to match skill level, right? So, so as you increase, it's like if the game requires an increase in player counts, then the 
uh, competitiveness of that thing just naturally drops, right? So you got to find this because, like, I think even Battlefield has this issue with the 64 v 64 that they can do on some of their maps, right? Where it's just it's absolute fucking chaos. Um, and so yeah, no, I'd want it to be done in 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking like what's so? I mean, so it's like Halo, uh, big team battle, but um, like with a different way of of uh controlling like it's, it's basically like a different uh, game mode right with resource gathering yeah. plus vehicles. yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah so okay. i got it so what you want is you want the emergence of battlefield halo big battle whatever it's called mixed with what tribes was when it first came out with people making turrets and yes. building up their bases <laughs> yeah yeah but also oh, man, I the ridiculousness of it all like that like you can't lose the ridiculousness of it i forgot all about those those many inventory things and but everybody's walking around as a uh what is that double fine game that we play all the time i have no idea what game where we the four player fucking fight oh gang beasts gang beasts yes but everybody's gang beasts so that it's silly (laughs) <laughs> not exactly because i i want you, I, I do like the movement of tribes like i do want you to be a badass i want you to be awesome and like zip around the map but i want like super ridiculous stuff to happen because the physics system is so good and like things like the just cause three grapple hooks are hilarious and um sticky grenades and halo making the like loading up something with sticky grenades and shooting it across the map is hilarious so i i need things like that to come out that you didn't think of. Does, does it need yeah. to be like if you if that's like a, a a big part of it? Should it be? Should it even be an esport though? I think so. You think? Because it's, like, it's, it's an open, it's an open playing field. Yeah, but isn't someone like I mean I could see you you know just pe- people jumping in with two of their buddies or three of their buddies and stuff and just just trolling you know with with a plane with three guys on the wing with rocket launchers and stuff, uh, um, just messing with people. Um, and like that, I mean, that wouldn't be good for an esport. It sounds like a lot of fun, right? Um, but like well, the, the shenanigans I mean, might be game breaking almost, you know, depending on Yeah, I mean, you got to weigh that, right? Like, sure. um, it can't be a game breaking shenanigan. But generally speaking, when something like that comes out, it's overpowered for a few days or weeks while people are figuring out the counter to it, and then someone figures out the counter. Mm. So that that's like the meta is always changing as as people learn new things mm, that's cool sweet you you want to tap into the skiing yes that tribes yeah. had you want to but also that mag- you want to hit that magic point also where... the ramming people with a scout because the rockets <laughs> yeah. the rockets were so bad in it but you just go kamikaze instead and jump out at the last <laughs> second uh. my dream game project is uh short and sweet actually it's uh i would like to get all of you and all your video game coding friends in a room because I work better in person and just come up with really weird off the wall stories and game mechanics. Basically I want to be like inscription hmm? how that starts off as a card game and then goes into a whole nother world. I want to make those kind of games. I also want to add in like internet egg hunts that are part of the game real world egg hunts that are part of the game, you know, all kinds of weird, dumb stuff. Cause that's my dream is just to come up with these dumb ideas like a podcast and execute them. <laughs> <laughs> but I have absolutely no idea how to 
work a computer, so I would just be standing behind you guys telling you to do dumb stuff. <laughs> really, you just want minions. <laughs> I mean, you guys can have your own ideas, too. I'm nice. totally okay with that. I just, you know, so, don't so want what are the... I want people that won't say no to my stupid ideas. <laughs> what are the Good hours luck. of the <laughs> minion <hard>. squad? <laughs> uh, there's no pay, so, I mean... <laughs> Couple hours a week. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, and with that, let's move on to uh, our last segment here before we uh, start drilling Troy with questions. Um, this is the segment where we highlight a Game Pass game to try to get Xbox to sponsor the podcast because we're poor. This is Game Pass, and you buy. Uh, I also went to chat GPT to introduce this week's Game Pass and you buy. Oh, gotta hear this. So, here we go. Are you tired of playing games that sound like they were made by a band of tone-deaf robots? Then it's time to switch to Hi-Fi Rush, the game that's music to your ears and your funny bone. With more beats per minute than a caffeinated kangaroo and more grooves than a disco ball... Hi-Fi Rush will have you tapping your toes and giggling like a schoolgirl, so plug in your headphones, crank up the volume, and get ready to rock out with your joystick out. Yeah. <laughs> Chat GPT is my best new friend. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're allowed to say that. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, rock out with your joystick out was a little risque. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we might get canceled for that one. Um, Hi-Fi Rush is a rhythm-based action game. Developed by Tango Gameworks, published by Bethesda. Uh, it was ghost dropped on January 25th, 2023, this year. Have you guys all played this game? I checked it out. Yep, I played it. Played the first like hour of it, yeah. It is just pure video game joy to me. Yeah, they did a good job, man. I'm usually not a fan of fighting to a rhythm, mm -hmm. but they've made it loose enough that even if you suck at keeping to the rhythm... <laughs> you can still get through, and it's it's a nice little uh, platformer. It's a video so, yeah, game ass it's, video it's, game as uh, what's his name? Are you talking about Jake Baldino? It's a video game ass video game as Jake Baldino would say. The JV, we apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> Jakey with the good hair. Um, but yeah, uh, we're kind of uh, pushing time here, and I don't want to hold Troy up too much. So I'll just uh, let's just get into. Would you recommend it, Cartel? Would you recommend uh, Hi-Fi Rush? I would say get in, get into this, uh, give it a play. Michael, uh, definitely try it out. Yeah, it wasn't my cup of tea, but yeah, try it out. It's it's well made. Give it a shot. Troy, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Like if you like rhythm games, you'll be uh, very much at home. And like you said, if you you're not a very good with rhythm games, as as I am not, um, it was still super playable. Playable. Um, uh, the the style of it's great. The music's great. The the voiceover is awesome. The mechanics just feel super tight and, and easy to play. So um, a little slow to start, uh, in my opinion. But um, uh, yeah, I agree. Definitely, yeah, I agree definitely, uh, definitely would pick it up. Hey, uh, it reminded me a lot of the uh, Transformers Devastation. I don't know if any of anyone played that, but uh, you know, just a, just like an easy beat 'em up. Mm. Uh, that was uh, also had a really good art style. So yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever played that. But yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, the art style is awesome. It's got licensed music, but they also have unlicensed music. So it's not going to be delisted next year. <laughs> There's a robot cat that follows you around. I mean, 
Duh. You, it's hard you to play beat. that. When, there, when there's a robot cat, you play that. That's what I always say when I'm in. I mean, I'm, I mean I'm sure that's going to be our first t-shirt. <laughs> when, I'm, when, I, when, when there's I'm a robot cat, lawyer. you play that. <laughs> All right. And that... So, so there we the go. Uh, fastest we need some... game passing you by. <laughs> we need some right. artwork uh, for that robot cat. Uh, <laughs> you got to play that. So uh, that's t shirt right there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I know I'm talking over everything, but uh, this is notes that needs to be needs to be write down this on your post notes when you're editing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, let's take a break real quick, and then we'll come back and we'll bombard Troy with questions. <laughs> Follow us at the tie-ins on all social media. Join our Discord, the link to which can be found on all said social media. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the tie-ins. And please remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps connect us to more listeners like you. Well, not like you. Better, cooler listeners. Cooler listeners.